دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی باز هم روی زمین گشت سردارات بود به توی دروازه سردارات بود گل به نام آزمون و برای ایران بزنه کریم ازداری فرد Hi, welcome back to another Gold Bazan podcast. I'm Sina Sadzada. I'm joined by Arya and Mohammad, a new guest on the podcast. How are you both doing? Thanks very much, Sina. No, I appreciate it. And um, I'm really glad to be back on speaking about uh, the matches. And also here with my good friend, Mohamed Ardalani. Uh, hi, guys. Um, really, it's an honor to be in Golbazan. I've been a big follower for nearly two, three, four years, I think. And it's been uh, many times that I was about to come to the show, but something's come up. But finally, I'm here. Thank you. No, it's such a pleasure to have you on. It's good It's good for me, actually, personally, back. Like, I've, I've missed a couple episodes, so I'm really happy to be back hosting the podcast. And in today's episode... We're actually going to have a few different inputs, which is nice. Um, we're going to first hear from Mario Tots, Iran's assistant coach, who was on the bench on Thursday. And um, next will be analysed the Iran versus Syria match, which ended 1-0, the three points um, to Team Meli. And that's the first three points of Group A, which is which is pretty good. The goal came from Ali Reza Jahanbash. Um, pretty good goal. We'll talk about that. And finally, we'll preview the Iran-Iraq game to be played on Tuesday in Qatar. Um, and we'll have some short segments with experts on Syrian and Iraqi football. So it's a very jam-packed episode. I'm really excited to start it. So I guess first, let's go to our interview with Mario Tots, who Arya caught up with today. Okay, I'm really pleased to be joined by Iran's assistant coach, Mario Tot. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? Hello, hello. How are you doing? All good. Pleased to have you on Globazan Podcast. I uh, really appreciate your time. Oh, of course, yesterday uh, we had a, a great victory against uh, Syria, 1-0 in Tehran. And also the stadium, of course, Mr. Skocic and Mr. Hashemi on COVID positive. You were on the bench for the national team. Um, how was that experience for you? And how did the match go for, your, for yourself? To be honest, uh, I was very busy a few days before that game because uh, of this situation of covid uh, a lot of uh, people who been working with the national team were out, so I was busy a lot to prepare first uh, uh, mini camp with the 20 the best Iranian players playing in Iran, and then finally cutting that list and making uh, the final list uh, with legionaries who joined uh, later on. Uh, for me. Uh, experience be, being uh, uh, on the bench is not a big deal because I had hundreds of games as a head coach uh, in 10 different uh, clubs that I've been coaching professionally. But uh, it was a very tough it was a very tough moment for me because uh, we started a very important third qualifying uh, round of uh, qualifications uh, to to join Qatar to to join World Cup next year in Qatar, 
So it was very difficult because we started playing at home first game against Syria. Uh, of course, everyone expected three points, but as you saw, uh, in other groups and in our group, uh, a lot of uh, surprises. South Korea draw against Iraq, uh, Japan lost against Oman and so on and so on. So uh, obviously there is a big pressure on uh, on uh, the highest ranked uh, 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 national teams and it will be a difficult road. Uh, to uh, to finish this this uh, competition and be in first two and join in uh, join the best uh, teams in the world in Qatar. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I said, the win for us uh, was uh, was the most important thing uh, to get the three points. Uh, first game in, in the last uh, round of qualification, we we won the game. It was a tough game, very physical match. Um, I want to ask you one thing uh, regarding uh, the match before we go on to some, some more details of it. Uh, Sadak Muharami didn't play and he wasn't actually available for selection. Was Is he injured? Yes, uh, Sadak Muharami came injured uh, playing for his club, Dinamo Zagreb. That's the club I have been coaching uh, 10 years ago. So I, I called the doctors and uh, they de- decided uh, and asked us to, uh, to let him be free because uh, his knee was not right. Uh, but in this moment, he, he feels better. Uh, he's with us here in Doha uh, and he will be ready for the next game against Iraq. Perfect. Good to see that happening. Um, of course, uh, in his place, we saw uh, Jafar Salmani uh, play this game at right back. Um, you could say not his natural position. What, what was the decision? What was the reason that decision was made? Uh, we had uh, on, on the bench, we had uh, Saleh Hardani, who, is, uh, who was the first time uh, uh, in a national team. And the decision was, uh, first pick was Jafar Salmani because he used to play in the national team before. He's, he's a legendary and we knew that that's not his natural position, but we believe that his experience will help us. Uh, he, he, wor- he worked hard in that game, uh, but obviously we needed the uh, right, right footer uh, on that side. So the decision was on the half time to change him and uh, put Saleh Hardani, who, who did quite good job and helped us uh, to, to, to win this game. Yeah, we were really impressed with Saleh Hardani, very good, uh, talented player uh, playing for Fulad. Um, also, regarding um, the, the substitutes, uh, Salman Godus was subbed at halftime as well. Uh, can you explain that decision as well? Yeah. Uh, a decision was that we needed a little bit. He played very well uh, uh, first half. What uh, we needed more to, to open that uh, uh, bus in front of the goal of Syria. Uh, we needed more aggressiveness in 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 the middle, and we we made decision to put uh, Wahid Amiri uh, inside. Obviously, uh, uh, that was a, a good decision because after that we started uh, creating some possibilities, and finally we scored the goal. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. I thought someone actually was good, but maybe he was cutting the space for autonomy sometimes in the middle. Um, I think finally, the, the thing that's really important to speak about is the is the performance that, um, of the, whole, the entire team. Uh, how, how are you pleased with how they played? Are you how, how, What will you take from this performance into the Iraq game? Listen, always can be better. Whenever, whenever you play game, you believe that next game will be better. Uh, as I said previously, this uh, quali- third qualifying round will be 10 very, very difficult games with the teams who deserved to be in uh, uh, fighting for the final four places uh, for the World Cup. So every game will be uh, demanding. Uh, obviously, it was a big, big pressure on us, uh, including uh, uh, problem problems with the players who who didn't play for many reasons. We had a lot of injured players. We had uh, Sardar Azmoun with the yellow cards, uh, so it was difficult to to make a squad for this game. But uh, as I said. Uh, psychological uh, thing was the key point of maybe not that great performance, but uh, I'm very pleased how players uh, were fighting for the national team and how they tried, how they worked hard and finally deserved to, to win this game. Can you just quickly explain the situation for Mr. Skocic and Mr. Hashimian? Are they going to be available for the Iraq game? Uh, at the moment, we are waiting for the results. Uh, they need two negative results uh, in two in two consecutive days. Uh, we believe that uh, they will be with us here in Doha. As I heard, uh, they will come tomorrow. Uh, this is this is news, uh, last news. So I believe that they will join us tomorrow and uh, uh, be available for upcoming game. Fantastic. Great news. Um, lastly, of course, about the next game we have uh, against Iraq on Tuesday uh, in Doha. Um, what do you expect? Obviously, we played Iraq in June and we won that game 1-0. Um, obviously, different circumstances now. I think Iraq have a new manager and they have uh, new players, more legionnaires than before. Um, what's the preparation going into this new game? Ah, uh, we played a few weeks ago uh, against Iraq in uh, Bahrain and we won that game. Uh, that was a, also a tough game. Uh, we played better than them and finally won that game. But next one, which is coming soon, uh, will be very difficult for us because, as you said, the uh, new manager is bringing always new ideas. Uh, they also have a couple of new uh, faces in 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 the squad, and uh, we believe that even even with all those circumstances, uh, we believe that we have a better team and that we will uh, uh, beat them uh, next game. We hope so. We hope so. Thank you very much for your time, uh, Mr. Todd, and best of luck for Tuesday. Thank you very much, and. Uh, uh, thank you for your invitation. Okay, cool. That was a very good interview with Mario. Um, I guess let's move on to the Iran-Syria game. So I guess I'll jump I'll jump straight in. On the lineup, Arya, were you satisfied with, with how you kind of like lined up before the game? 
Yeah, look, I think the lineup ultimately is difficult because, uh, as Mario Todd said, um, they had a lot of players missing through injury. Um, of course, Prali Ganji, Majid Hosseini, it made the decision that, you know, Canonian um, Shoja both had to start regardless anyway, and they were starting in these last uh, few qualifiers. Um, Sadar Osman was suspended, um, important player. I mean, they had to play Tarami as a, as a number nine on his own. Um, and also, you know, the midfield side, you know, not in the best of shape just now physically. Um, he went through a difficult period in the summer. Um, I was told that his club um, were not able to provide food uh, over the summer because of COVID. And as a result, you know, just naturally he, he put on weight and now he has to try and get it back off. And it's not easy for the coaching staff to start him. So they chose Sarlacc. I thought maybe it was a bit of a strange choice. I don't think Sarlacc's particularly the kind of player that you're looking for in that midfield. You want someone who can hold the ball and, and move it around. But, you know, the injury to him happened, which is really unfortunate. And obviously Saeed came on. And finally, um, you know, the fullbacks was a really interesting choice. We'll come on to, I'm sure, um, Jafar Salamani playing at right back, as we asked. Mario Todd as well explained his, his, his reason for, for playing him there. Um, and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I just think it, it could have been a little bit better, um, but we'll see. Yeah, you highlighted some really cool points there. I think, I think the the trio was a trio that was a, the, the, the up front trio was a trio that hasn't really started before as that combination, I think. So the trio of Holizadeh, Rodus, and Alirez Jahanbashk, um, and then obviously Tarami playing in front of them. Mohamed, what did you kind of make of that, of that trio and then Tarami in front? Well, uh, when I first saw the lineup, obviously Sada is a big miss. We all know that Sada is our main man, our main goal threat, and with Meditarami. But um, and then they, they, with Meditarami, I don't know if you got noticed, he has a very good link-up play with uh, Sada. So they don't, they know how they play with each other. It's been like this for nearly four, nearly four five years. So with Gordus, I thought he's going to do what he normally does. He dictates the game when he gets the ball. He's really a good. Playmaker, I believe the game against Bahrain, he completely changed the game. So when he came on, he uh, completely, in my, he was outstanding in that game. Against Syria, I think uh, it's a bit difficult because Syria are more compact. They're very defensive. So um, they don't really show their qualities because it, if you are an attacker, for example, uh, front three, and you're facing a team that is playing six in the back, um, they're not really going to show themselves. So this is where the tactician should come from the manager and how they should play. So this is why I think Jahanbach really played really well because he was one-on-one -on -one with the right-back and he was actually getting the better of him until the right-back started getting onto him, I think, from the 70th minute. But I believe out of the front three, Jahanbach really, really had a good game. Okay, so obviously you talked about the tactics and the front three and then Tarimi up front definitely played a role. In my opinion, it seemed like the tactics weren't really geared up towards Tarimi because... Obviously, he's 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 used to linking up with Asmun, um, and I felt like because of Syria's deep line, he was kind of like isolated. He was kind of like the player that was that was bringing things down, you know, um, holding up play a little bit. But I felt like his talents weren't really being utilized. I don't know if you agree, Arya. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. I, I think um, Gotu's playing as a number ten in this game. On paper, it, it seems very good to do that. Because you've got Polizadeh, you've got Jan Bach, two very creative wingers, 
and him in behind. You think that could work, and it did work in, in aspects. I thought someone had a really good first half overall. However, I think for the team, specifically for the team, I don't think it helped because although he he had an individual game that was good, as a team, I don't think it helped because it was limiting space for Taremi a lot of the time, especially in that kind of midfield area where you want Taremi to kind of have a little, a little bit of space. He's already getting marked by, by three or four you know defenders from Syria. You don't want him to be then in a position where someone is also getting marked by three or four players in that kind of same zone, creating so much congestion in an area where it's vital to score goals from. And if that's happening, Tarami won't do that. He can't score goals. So by taking someone off at halftime, I think it really helped allow Tarami just have a little bit more space just to kind of come a bit deeper. And you can see in, in the goal that was scored, we were able to create a chance in the wide area Tarmi got the ball, you know, lay off for Jalen Bax, and it's a goal. 56 minute now, and now the chance to break the deadlock. And the Islamic Republic of Iran do it in style. Taremi picking out his teammate Jalen Bax, and there it is, 1-0. And a well-deserved lead, slight deflection. A wicked one for the keeper. If someone was still on, I don't know if that would have happened necessarily. Um, and you could also see someone was getting a little bit annoyed. He, was, he had to come a bit deeper to, get, to receive the ball, which is not what you really want him to play. You want it to be quite close to the goal most of the time. So it, for the team, I think it was a good choice to take him off at halftime. And I, I can see why some fans are frustrated because he's such a good player. But I think for the benefit of the team, I think it was a good choice to take him off. Um, just one thing, though, I want to speak about players I did. I was actually quite disappointed with though in this game I don't know if you agree with Muhammad I thought he had a really poor game uh, and I think a lot of it comes down to his personal form I don't know if that's something that maybe has happened at his club but I think he should have went this summer from Charleroi first and foremost and I think that's maybe playing on his mind a little bit um, he didn't have a bad second half but definitely overall he could have been a lot better I think he made a lot of individual errors that put us in tight 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 areas where we could have done a little bit better going forward but he needs to he still needs to be a starter for the team for team melee but he needs to do better uh, than he was against Syria with Kolizade I, you know, I always said in the last couple of games he's been amazing he, he's been uh, the star of the show I always say um, but against Syria I don't know he he was taking risks and he was doing I think more than what he should he can just give a through ball or maybe give a simple pass but he's trying to basically implement those skills or those uh, things that he was doing in the previous games and I agree with you he should have left in the summer maybe because he I believe his wife plays in the same team as him and he feels I don't know yeah he's happy sure. to stay in his I think he's happy and he's uh, to stay at the club so I think he should move but when you never know I don't think he started well for his club football but hopefully he starts getting the assists and goals and a bigger club to come get him in the summer what I was going to say is that Rolizard is normally the sort of player that lights up the game. He's normally the sort of player that we love watching. But I feel like in this game, like I think the tactics and the, the team structure let him down slightly because all the kind of attacks were going around going down like Jahan Bash's side. They weren't really going back down uh, Rolizade's side. So so many times in the game, especially in the first half, he was coming inside trying to find the ball. And obviously, like Rodus is going further back, so there's a there's a bit of space for him to come into. And 
so there's like a big you know flank on on the right hand side where he's meant to be just because he's trying to get the ball and he, that's where he's not that he's not that like dangerous in the middle he's more dangerous on the wing so that's where i feel like i don't know the manager should step in and say something because that shouldn't be happening uh, or like he's i don't know someone should be shouting to him to get on the wing or to find space there and then we'll find you i don't know something needs to happen because he was trying also, to find the ball in the middle i think also it didn't help having a left footed right back behind him at all it didn't help at all because why yeah completely, because completely you need agree. you need someone to overlap you if you're going to be a left foot bringer on the right wing you need someone to overlap you to let, to let you come inside you know or to open that space on the flank for you to come inside when Saleh Hardoni came on in the second half I thought he was absolutely fantastic first of all I'm a big fan of Saleh Hardoni I think he's a really good player anyway and I think he should have started I think the coaches should have put the trust in him in the, to start him in the, from the first minute they didn't and they put um, Jafar Salmoni. The choice that, that the choice was explained by Mario Todd in the in the first part of this podcast. I don't really agree with it. You know, saying that he's a legionnaire, I don't really think that's that's a reason why you play a, a play, you play someone because he's a legionnaire. I don't agree with that. Uh, you play someone because you want to, you know the best for the team. And I think Salah Ardani showed that in the second half that he's a really good player, but he's also able to impact the game of Guadalajara. And when he did that, eventually the goal came from that side and, you know, and uh, they were both involved in the goal. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I agree with you. I think like, yeah, it makes it makes sense. Um, so let's talk about the goal, I guess, I guess a little bit. What did you kind of make of it, uh, Mohamed? Oh, it was an amazing goal. Uh, I, it's, just, it's just a shame that it was a deflection because that just ruined everything. But if that was hit without getting the deflection, I think it would have been an amazing goal. The the cross, I believe it was from Shoja, wasn't it? I think it was a cross-field pass to uh, Hardani. Or... Hardani, and he gave it to Golizade. Golizade gave it to Tarami. Tarami stopped it, yeah. So I think that was an amazing goal. I think that's... Um, I don't. I don't call that an Asian goal. Like that's probably a European goal. How they score like that? You see how? Well, Europe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, for example, like how Liverpool play, Van Dijk gives a, a crossbow uh, to Trent, and then Salah goes in. So I believe that was an amazing goal, and hopefully Iran gets to do that a bit more often. So, like I said, Iran right now under Skocic were a team based on moments. How our star players show their qualities instead of tacticians. So hopefully we see a bit more of that in the upcoming games. Yeah, I think I think you said something before we started recording, Mohamed, um, about sort of our structure, our tactics and our, our goals and build-up play and all that stuff. There doesn't seem to be much like thought behind it and tactics behind it. It's kind of like the, the players and it's their quality that kind of pushes it over the line. And that goal to me kind of looked like that. And that build-up play kind of looked like that to me. It didn't look like it was, it was well-worked. It just looked like these players who have been playing together for a while linked up, if that makes sense. I don't know what you make of that. Maybe like completely disagree with me. No, definitely. I agree with you. Definitely. Yeah, like I said, um, we can look at a couple of teams out there. Liverpool is based on pressing. Man City is based on position. Carlos Geras under, uh, when we had Carlos Geras, we're based on defensive. We're not going to let you pass us. Thou should not pass, you know. But now with Skocic, I feel like the players, I, I believe that Skocic just says, listen, I'm here to train you. I'm here to do my best. But just show your qualities. You are the best in Asia. All of these Iranian players from the striker to the goalkeeper, they're one of the best in Asia. So you should go to the World Cup easily so i believe that gives them the players a bit of confidence but the tactics like i said all the games that scotty has played i didn't see any tactics but 
we're seeing good goals. We're seeing the players actually showing their talent. Olizad is showing a lot of, um, I don't know, I'll say skillful movement that under Carlos Kerridge, we didn't see that much. We saw tactics based on um, a goal being structured in a way that you can say, okay, now I understand what we're doing. But yeah, I completely agree with you. The, the goal was based on how our players are and how they, he's basically saying play for fun. You know, when you play in the, in the park, but that's what they do. They know the tactics from the previous manager, Carlos Garouge, how to be a, how to be a defensive um, component. So if you, if you remember before Carlos Garouge, we were terrible at defending. We were a very good attacking side uh, before Carlos Garouge, but we were terrible at defending. I believe Carlos Garouge has given us the, I don't know, the foundation of defensive attributes. But after that, I think now we're just showing our qualities. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. I'd like to move on to uh, our right back position. I know you talked about it a bit earlier, but Jaffa Salmoni started right back. What did you kind of think about that? Um, you know, he had a bad game. He had a really bad game. Um, and he played there against Syria in March in the friendly match. For me, it was very evident in that game that he couldn't play there. The reason being is because he's left-footed. You know, and I know you can play. You can play the odd foot player on the the other flank. I know you can do that, but Jafar Salmoni isn't even a left back for me, right? And you're putting him at right back, you know, and he's a guy who's not even playing for his club. He's a guy who, on the last podcast, we were adamant that he shouldn't even be in the squad, but he's starting at right back against Syria in the first qualifying match when you've got Saleh Ardani, who's had a fantastic season for Fulad under Nekunam. That's the reason why he's been called up. But then why is he not playing? And, you know, the, the whole thing about, oh, yeah, it's his first call-up and it would be his debut. Then why did you bring him on at halftime? What's the point? Don't bring him on. If you think he's not going to do well, don't bring him on. No point. Because then you're just saying to this young kid that you, we don't trust you yet. You know, that's not good enough for me. It's the same with um, Sayad Manesh not getting called up. Don't don't say to Sayad Manesh, we're gonna call you up and then not call him up afterwards. Um you have to give a little bit of trust to these players. And I think Muhammad's right in, in, in saying that you know he is giving these guys confidence and you know letting them play. But if you're gonna do that, do it the whole way. Don't do it half half-hearted. I think Salah Hardani um, should have started this game. And I think he, if he did start, I think we would have seen a lot more. A good play in the wide areas, um, but we didn't. And I think Jafar Salman ruined that for, for two aspects. He, he couldn't get forward. You know, every pass that he was playing on his left foot was coming inside, uh, going back, going to back to the centre back to Kanani, or going into Nurullahi. And you know, that's not good enough. A, a fullback should be able to pass the ball down the line, get forward, overlap, overlap, put a cross in. How many crosses did Jafar Salman play play on on Thursday? Zero. He didn't play one cross, you know, on, on his right foot. Absolutely zero. Because he can't. He can't do it. So you, you, you see that in training and you still play him there. It doesn't make any sense to me, you know. But, you know, it's, it's, their, it's their choice. Uh, regarding, uh, let me just add a bit more. I completely agree with Aria, completely. Even another thing is that with Hardoni, obviously you can say, okay, he's a new kid in the block. He he. This is the first time he's with Timmy Millie players. He's he's probably feeling, wow, mom, I just made it. But the thing is, with Salmoni, I don't know why he played because he just has two appearances. I believe his last game was against Syria, 
and uh, this is his second appearance. So it's not like we we put a experience, I don't know, right back to play. Uh, yeah, so I believe right. Hadani should. So I believe Hadani should have started one hundred percent. Thing is, like, even if he wanted to play play a left player there, he could have just played Mirad Mohamed at right back. Do you know what I mean? Like the guy actually, Mirad Mohamed used to play at right back for for his team in uh, in Russia for Terek uh, Grozny. You know, and he's actually quite decent on his right foot. You know, you could just put him there. Why? Why would you put Jafar Salman? I just don't get it. Do you know what I mean? But it is what it is. Hundred percent. Another, another player that was like a bit questioned was obviously Salak, who eventually did go off with a head injury. It was quite quite bad to see, actually. A big head collision with Kharbain. Kharbain. What did you make of his performance before he had that head injury? Um, yeah. Where's the kind of position within the Team Melly setup, would you say? For Salak, Salak's a, an interesting guy. He's a guy who's had a good season for Paris Police. But the thing is, with the PGPL, that league doesn't support centre midfielders the way other teams in Europe, Europe, other leagues in Europe do. A centre mid in Iran is a rather useless position, in my opinion, because it doesn't have any benefit to any of the teams in the PGPL. You look at someone like Saeed, where did he grow up and play his football? In Spain. He was 16 years old when he went to Spain. No other midfielder, other than maybe Ali Kanemi, who's always injured, and Ahmad Nurlahi, who, in my opinion, is a good player, but he could be better. Those, other than them two, there's not really been a midfielder of talent in our national team since Nekuna. There really hasn't. And it's a big shame because we don't, we can't now go another 10 years and still have Ahmad Nurlahi and, and Saeed in the team. Somebody has to come through, you know? We don't have anyone coming through as, as a center mid in Iran who can control the ball, control the game. Salak's a player who, you know, this is the kind of way he plays. You know, he, he has to be aggressive. He has to be, you know, fighting for the ball. And unfortunately, he got injured, you know. But that's not a surprise to me because, you know, that's what he's there to do. Um, it's a shame that he got injured. But when you saw Saeed come on, it, it completely changed the match. Yeah, Mohamed, what did you make of Ezzatollah's impact on the game? Uh, yeah, he, like I said, um, in the second half when he came on, I believe he should have not started based on his his weight. Uh, so I was quite shocked to see uh, this. But the thing is, um, in another hand, I'm not, because I don't know if you guys seen it a couple um, years ago. I saw a documentary based on his home. Um, and his father came and said that Zayd Ezzatollah was overweight all his life when he was a kid so he's he's prone to uh, like i don't know in iran they say if you drink water you he gets he, he gains weight that's how, what his father said so i believe he's he is overweight probably by five six seven kilograms but he really wow he actually i thought he's not going to do what he did previously but he was amazing every shot i, re- I remember that the goalkeeper hit i believe he got all the headers I believe I didn't. I don't think he lost any header, and um, all the passes he gave to Jahanbash for him to go through, perfect, perfect crossing, perfect passes. So I think he is a very good player. Say I think he should be our midfielder. He should be our midfielder, but it's based on him being able to play ninety minutes or ninety minutes plus. You know, that's all I think 
uh, about Sadio Torre if he can play more than 50, 60 minutes? Well, I think this time around, I don't think it was so much that he was overeating. From what I'm hearing is that he was actually under-eating. And when the season started back up, he he started to eat. And when you when you do that, when you change the rhythm of your, your eating, it, it messes up your whole, the way your body works. And I think that's when you put the weight on. But yeah, you're right. You know, he needs to he needs to get the weight back down, and I think he will. Yeah, because obviously when he's a fi- when he's fit, he is in my eyes like definitely well, he's a, he's our best midfielder, and he's probably like one of our top three players, like future captain of Iran. I've always I've always said that. I want to talk about our defensive lineup. This was an area that I wasn't very happy with. I'll be honest. So we had obviously Kanani, Khalizadeh, um, and then our two our two fullbacks that we that we questioned as well. Yeah, what did you make of our of our defensive lineup? Obviously, with with Kanani, Khalilzadeh, and obviously Baron Van Go and our two fullbacks. But I really want to highlight our centre back partnership. I felt like they were really weak this game. They wasn't. I didn't rate them. I, I thought there was too many holes, too many mistakes. My man, what did you make of our defensive lineup? Um, yeah, I kind of understand what you're going uh, saying right there uh, regarding the the shape of our defensive lineup. Uh, as you can see, Kanani and uh, Shoja. They've been they have been playing before, but I don't know. I feel like they're a bit rash in challenging. In like, I believe Shoja should have got a red card in the second half. I don't know if you guys saw it, and we know that is Shoja's capabilities. But uh, to get red card in in a game that we're basically winning. But regarding uh that, I believe it's probably the left back and the right back, Amiri. I don't know. He had amazing game playing left back for Paris Police this season. With regarding um, uh, the last previous games against Bahrain, Iraq, he was wow, he was really good. But, to, but I don't know. I, I I'm just baffled. I'm just baffled how he couldn't uh, really perform the le- the level that he is expected to perform, even as a left back. Because I believe Amiri is our James Milner. He can play anywhere. He can play striker. He can play goalkeeper. He can play anywhere. And with that, I believe Amiri not playing well. Our right back. I don't know what he was doing. I, I always say a left footer, left back, should be playing left back, not a right back. I hate when, even for England, people are having the same issues. I know some players can do that. So I believe there's an unbalance in our defensive shape. I think if Muharrami plays right back, and I hope Mohamed gets his old form back, I don't know what team he's going to go to. Hopefully he's a good European team just for him to get his confidence back. And I always say Mohamed and uh, Muharrami in the right back and centre backs. I really rate Puri Ali Ganji, but it's based on one missing out between Kanoe and Shoja. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Muhammad is having, having a hard time right now. Muhammad is really struggling for, for form. Um, he just seems to be a different player than he was a couple of years ago. Milad, I think he can. He needs to improve. He needs to get better. He needs to get a club. You know, um, for me, Khalil Zadeh had a pretty bad game. You know, he's never a very good game. He made a really big mistake for, um, for against Syria, who made a who could have scored a goal. Kharbin uh, almost scored, and then Kanon, he had a good game. I thought Kani was pretty good. I just think he, as you said, doesn't do some things really. Like you know, it's, it's a bit shaky here and there. But I thought he played well against Syria. Um, and Vaidami at left back, I don't think he was too bad. I just don't think it, it helped. You know, uh, in a game like this, I think he's probably better off playing in midfield, which he was when he came on in the second half in, to play there. And finally, um, yeah, 
you know, Moharami was injured for this game, as we as we we heard from Mario Todd. But when he plays, I think the team does well because he's so important to the team. Um, you know, so yeah, hopefully against Iraq we can play a good back four, and uh, we'll see how it plays. Okay, now before we go on to the Iraq game, let's hear from Wael Albezre, a Syrian sports journalist for BN Sports. Okay, I'm joined by Wael Albezre, works for BN Sport. How are you doing, my friend? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Just tell the fans what you do for BN Sports. I am Wael Albezre. Uh, I am Syrian sports journalist. I'm living in Qatar. I'm working at BN Sports Channel. Fantastic. Okay, let me uh, first ask you a little bit about the game yesterday. Uh, Iran versus Syria, of course, ended 1-0 to Iran. Uh, how was your impression of the match? At first, uh, I want to congratulate you for the winning. It's important uh, when in the first uh, round. For us, uh, actually, it was a great game, even we are lost. But because we are now um, in hard time, because we uh, changed uh, the coach uh, before three months um, of the uh, World Cup qualifiers uh, third round. So um, the problems, uh, there is no time for the coach to make uh, any friendliness game or any camp for all players who is uh, local players or who is playing uh, out of Syria. So uh, his first match for all players was with Iran. So you can imagine how the coach, uh, how they couldn't, he couldn't put any strategy uh, with the players uh, uh, in normal match. So uh, for the result, it was good. If we compared with the last uh, meeting together, um, uh, when we lost 3-0 and friendly match before uh, I in guess March. six yes. months. Yes, yeah. yes. So I guess um, with minus like eight uh, important players um, uh, in the first one, um, Omar Soma. Uh, so uh, we find, uh, or the coach tried to find a good uh, solution for this situation, especially in the defense uh, line. All four players, they're playing <laughs> with together for the first time and as you know um, we have a new player who is uh, playing in Greece uh, Abderrahman Weiss uh, on the right back he did also a good game so uh, I think um, with lost 1-0 um, it is good uh, result to start thinking in the next game. And of course, what can we expect from Syria into the, the next round? Actually, after the first round uh, or the results from the first round, after we can see uh, South Korea who's draw with uh, Iraq and also uh, Emirates with Lebanon in Emirates. So uh, both of them uh, draw 0-0. So that's, this result is good for us, even we are lost. So all who who watching the match between uh, Emirates and Lebanon, uh, they say the uh, Emirates it's normal team, not big team. Especially they had four or five players um, from other nationality. So um, uh, I thought at first uh, maybe will they will be dangerous. Maybe I don't know. But uh, as I said, when you are playing uh, on your uh, pitch and and uh, with your fans and the draw um, zero zero with Lebanon. 
So I guess uh, there is big problem for you and for your coach. So it is a chance, it's a big chance for Syria now to start from Emirates again. Actually, I didn't say something. I guess we were lucky, too lucky, because Sardar wasn't, <laughs> didn't play because he's a very dangerous player yeah. and, and likes his style. So maybe we, we were too lucky So because he is too fast, mashallah. So uh, I guess um, there is big difference between first and second match for Iran. Because yeah. uh, as we see the first match, um, there is no too much solution for your team if Sardar not playing. Yeah, for sure. We, we could have scored more goals if he was playing. Yeah, well, yeah. While I, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on Globalzan Podcast. Thank, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Okay, now, guys, let's talk about the Iran-Iraq game that's coming up. Of course, this is a hugely, you know, massive rivalry for Iran. We've played Iraq on many different occasions. Obviously, the Asian Games game always springs to mind. Um, and Salah Azmoun's back. So, I guess, from the Syria game, how do you kind of see it? How do you see our t- formation, our tactics, our players, our lineup changing uh, going into this into this game? Uh, Ari, I'll start with you. I think we'll have a, a stronger team coming out this uh, on Tuesday. I think Muharami um, will be back. I think he'll start. Um, Osmond will be back. I think Saeed will also start. So that's three important players starting. Um, um, I don't know what's going to happen because we'll probably do a 4-4-2 in this game. Um, that will mean that one of Salman, Qolizadeh and Jahan Baksh, one will have to be on the bench. Um, I think it will be Salman Godus that goes on the bench, um, meaning he'll play uh, and Jan Baksh across the four with Tari Minos up front, and then I believe Amiri will stay at left back, um, with Khalilzadeh, Kanoni, and Mohammed in, in defense. What do you think, Mohammed? Do you agree with Arya? I think you stole my notes because that's exactly what I think is going to happen as well. So, yeah, uh, Arya, top. Uh, I, I believe Amiri will start. Mohamedi will probably come second half. Um, he probably put Amiri in midfield and bring Mohamedi in a left-back position. But other than that, everything's spot on. Uh, I think I agree with the team. And Goddus, if it's still nil-nil in, like, say, the 60th minute or maybe even in second half about to start, bring Goddus in. Maybe he'll change the game and he can dictate the game. Yeah, and I think, again, we need to always remember, you can always do five subs in, in these matches. So, you know, not starting the game, I don't think is a big issue because you can always bring players on to impact the game. And we saw against Bahrain how good someone Kudus was in the second half when he came on. So I'm expecting a lot from someone against Iraq. It's a big game because obviously they are one of the strongest teams in this group that we're, that we're in at the moment, obviously with South Korea as well. They actually drew against South Korea on Thursday in match day one. Um, what do you think that would do, I guess, from a morale perspective, both for the Iraq players and for the Iranian players? Because it is a very good opportunity to take points away from one of the one of the strongest sides in the group. I think that is, um, I think is an advantage. Firstly, they drew against South Korea because I don't know about uh, Sina and Arya. I watched the highlights. I believe they should have. I think I believe Iraq should have lost at least three 0 or three one. I think three 0 they should have lost. I don't know how they missed those opportunities that Korea missed. One of it was, wow, like if you watched the highlights, you would have said the same thing. Uh, regarding this game with Iran against Iraq, I believe we should not lose because 
even Iraq should not lose because they just got a point. Because if if they do lose, they got one point in two matches, and they're gonna feel the um, I don't know the pressure coming up the next games. I, I believe the next game is in October or November. With Iran, I think we should just not lose. Uh, if we lose, it's going to give us a bit of pressure because I believe our next game is against UAE and it's going to be in UAE and against South Korea, which is, uh, we don't know if it's, they're going to give it to us in Tehran or not. So if we do get something from the Iraq game, because I believe it's in Qatar, and I don't know, guys, is it going to be with fans or without fans? I think it's going to be limited fans, yeah. Okay, so that gives a bit more pressure because Iraqi fans are, you know, they're up for this game. They're going to scream from their lungs. And I hope Iranians just uh, figure out just to not go ahead of themselves. And you know what happened against Japan and lots of games in the past. Just play the game. You know what to do. Sardar's back. Get the three points. If not a point, I'll be happy with a point. I agree. I think we need to try and get something from this game for sure. But Iraq are a good side. Uh, with the new coach, um, with some more legionnaires. It's not the same team we played in June. They're much more legionnaires from before and a little bit more organization. Okay, they didn't play good against South Korea. I do think their team will get better and better. Um, and you never know because it's psychology. No, they want to beat us. They, they lost to us um, and they want to beat us. So we have to go in with a little bit of caution uh, just to make sure we don't concede that many goals. Hopefully we don't concede any goals, ideally. And second of all, you know, create as many chances as possible. I think if we can do that, I think Osmond and Taremi are, are, are too good. They're too good. Let's, let's be honest, they're too good for, for any Asian team. They are some of the best strikers in the world, not just in, in Asia. They're some of the best in the world. And they have to be able to score goals for us. They have to be able to. You know, so we expect a lot of them. And if they can go out there and do it uh, on Tuesday, it just shows how how good they are and how much better they can be. I completely agree. So let's talk about predictions. Mohamed, um, what do you think the score is going to be? 2-1 Iran. What about you, Arya? I think um, also 2-1 Iran. I, I do think we'll consider a goal, but I think uh, in the end uh, we'll be too strong for them. I, yeah, I, I would love to say 2-1. I think it might be 1-1. Or if it's a 2-1, it'll be like a, one of these late goals. Um, I'd love to see us improve on set pieces because it's something that we didn't, I don't think we were that strong at. Um, there were a few corners in the in the Syria game that, that were just like, a corner, for instance, just went out straight away. I was like, what? Like a lot of set pieces were wasted, I feel. So yeah. it's, it's an area that we definitely need to improve on if we want to get like late goals. I think I think the, the key to victory in this game is, is, is just special moments from our from our bet from our, our players like from Jalan Bach, um from Ezatullahi, you know, I think something special will happen at some point. You know, we saw again the, in the last game against Iraq, something happened. There's a good pass from Gwazadeh and a good cross from Hoy Safi, and we got a goal something similar has to happen in this game because that's really the only way I think we can score goals unless we start playing like Barcelona 2006, you know, um, because I don't think we're going to do that. I completely no, I agree with you guys. Either. And I, I and I agree with Sina as well regarding set pieces. Just before him mentioning that it was in my mind uh, based on me saying the prediction, 
I don't know, guys, but have you noticed? It's just our front line scoring the goals for us. It, maybe it's Tarami, maybe it's Kodus, maybe it's, it's Azmoon. I don't quite remember the last time. Yeah, maybe against Cambodia and that, but I mean, like, against good teams, we probably scored from a corner. Like, mm. uh, I really, his set pieces have actually been a struggle for us. Yeah. Yeah, well, and probably, uh, yeah, it depends how much sure. they're working on it in training as well, you know? Yeah. Probably a question for another podcast for sure because we could probably go into it for quite a while. Um, but before we go to fan questions, let's let's hear from our friend Hassanin Balal from the Iraq Football Podcast, who we couldn't interview due to scheduling, but he sent a voice note to Arya, which we are going to play right now. First of all, guys, thank you so much for having me back. Uh, it's a real pleasure being back, and um, congratulations as well on your victory over Surya. I think it was thoroughly deserved. For Iraq's game, obviously uh, we drew 0-0 against Korea. It was a, a quite a cagey game. First games tend to be that way. And especially with our new manager, in the last time while I was on the show, we talked about how Katanich was unlikely to stay. Uh, we were close to getting Carlos Kiros. We ended up with Dick Advocat. And it's been very interesting seeing the team transition uh, under the new manager. We, we look at quite a different side in our approach. Our IQ in terms of... Um, identity etc so it is a different looking Iraqi side I have to say it's also a fitter looking Iraqi side one that's more organized and one that's also uh, seen the return of some of the expat players as well which is something we've been calling out for ages it's not to the degree that Iran uh, do where they have players from all across the world we've uh, reintroduced the expat players into the squad but I think it's been quite slow for various reasons some due to injuries, some due to uh, just difficulties in flying and quarantining, etc. But um, the squad essentially is consistent of the same faces and some new additions. Most notably, you'll see um, Amir Al-Amari. He's our new central midfielder. He joined the squad three days uh, before our game against South Korea. And uh, he started and played the whole 90 minutes and he was arguably our man of the match. He's quite a young kid, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's either 20 or 21 or something like that. But um, hard worker, very, very smart, intelligent player. Uh, he's essentially our engine right in the middle of the park. And I think that's going to be uh, an interesting dynamic, seeing how we take on Iran. Now, in the game with South Korea, we sat back. We, we let them uh, attack us and we defended deep. And I don't think the same thing will happen against Iran, or at least not to the same degree. I think Iran will have the majority of possession, but I think uh, Advocat will play a slightly more expansive style of football. We're probably likely to see Justin in the starting eleven now that he's had a few days to actually adjust. Same thing with Franz Botros. And I'd imagine we'll set up in a 4-5-1, similar to what we have been doing in uh, the last few games. So we'll see. I think one of the areas we're going to struggle with is creating chances, given that um, a few of our key players are missing. Ali Adnan's not likely to be starting. Ala Abbas, who uh, scored the win against Iran in one of our recent games against you guys, he's also missing. But uh, we have Mimi, who should be starting in this game. He, he didn't uh, feature much in the South Korea game due to him joining the squad late after signing for a European-based team. So, yeah, there's a. it's, it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. Um, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. 
Iran are a very, very good team, and uh, I'd argue play for play are significantly better than Iraq. But with games like this, it really depends on hunger, desire, who turns up on the day, who's able to keep their calm and their cool uh, when when the, the challenges come flying in, when the other team's defending deep and you're struggling to actually create any clear-cut chances. So we'll see. I think I think Iraq do have a chance of getting uh, some points. If I was going to make a prediction, I'd say probably uh, it might end up as a 1-1 draw. And if I'm honest with you, I'll take it. You know, if we could get two points from the two first games and they're arguably the hardest games we're going to face, especially considering our manager has just joined and we've barely had any games under him to iron out the, the creases, to figure out the difficulties that we have as a squad, etc. So, yeah, I think I'm excited for it, but I'm also very nervous and I think a lot of Iraqi fans are in the same boat. We did really well against South Korea, but we're not kidding ourselves in terms of thinking we're the best team in Asia. No, we, we know we're going into these games as um, as second favourites and we need to play around that. So let's see what happens. Hopefully we can frustrate you guys. Hopefully we can uh, defend well. We're our main uh, goalkeeper is missing, Jalal Hassan, so that works in your favour. Or the third Talib who replaced him, he's only got six appearances now. So it's going to be interesting to see how he copes with the pressure of the game, although he did do quite well against South Korea. So let's wait and see, and uh, hopefully things turn out in our favour. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it might end up being a long qualifying campaign, but we'll see. Anyway, thanks for having me on, guys, and wish you all the best. Take care. Okay, cool. Arya, this is my favourite bit of the podcast. Let's hear the fan questions. All right, so the fan questions on Twitter, we got one from Pickup for Life, 10. From uh, Ashkan, he asks, uh, did our lack of preparation impact our performance? Um, yes, 100%. I think the preparation was disgusting, if I'm being honest with you. Like, you know, as many times as we saw from Kairos talking about the lack of preparation, you know, not, not giving the national team players a good camp before matches, no friendly setup, nothing, literally nothing. Um, we saw Scotchage go to a, a TV show two weeks before camp. He gets COVID. We only have one one coach, one head one head coach. The rest of them are analysts and fitness coaches and uh, physios. You know, it's not good enough, man. Like, what is this? Are we a national team or are we a club? Like, even club teams don't have it this bad. Like, it's it's not good enough. The, the preparation has to be a lot better. And uh, I'm. I'm disappointed in the federation, if I'm being honest, because, you know, the election happened a couple of months ago and we, we thought there were some changes, but there hasn't been. Let's be honest, it's the same, the same rubbish that we've had for many years. Yeah, no, I think I think that's all we can say. <laughs> I completely agree. Uh, what else did we get? Um, Ramir Zayon, uh, James Bond, they asked that on Twitter. What do you guys think? Should you come back? It's a, it's, a, it's a good question, actually. And it goes back to a similar question we got a few weeks ago about, about Jalal Hosseini coming back. I think I think Ramin Rezaian actually got a very good shout to come back right now. I think our fullbacks are probably... It's, it's weird because a few months ago we were saying how strong they were. And, and now we're at a point where we could really use some backup options within the, within the, the fullback position. I actually think he should come back for sure. Wouldn't be a permanent member. 
but he would be one of these like wild cards that we would use for some of the games. Um, I don't know what you th- what you guys think about that. Yeah, definitely. I think Ramin should come back. Um, just based on his experience in the previous World Cup and how he's, uh, I think, I don't know, but why I mean, why I have been hearing from, um, you know, a lot of rumours that he's a very big, um, how do you say, person, like a, a comedian, everyone likes him, Ramin Rezaian. So it'll be good for the dressing room, it'll be good for the players, for him to him to have him around. And obviously he's not, Mahirami for me, he's, gonna, he's, the, he's a starter, but he's got different attributes that um, Mahirami doesn't have, like his crossing skills, like uh, uh, the way he uh, gives the ball straight to the, uh, like Sadar. If, if you guys remember the goal against, I don't know, Yemen, that cross was phenomenal uh, that made Itarmi headed the ball. So I believe Ramin should come back and he should, he, I think he should have a place uh, in the, um, with the, with the squad. And don't, and don't forget as well, like he, in the World Cup, he was actually our set piece taker. So when we talk about set pieces, he, 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 he can deliver those, you know, he was on free kicks and, and I think he was on corners. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head, but he's definitely on free kicks. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, it, he, I think he's a good player, but I don't think he'll get caught up. I don't, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I'm not going not gonna to go into why, because I don't really want to, if I'm being honest with you, because there's some politics behind it. I don't really want to go into it, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and I'm happy with Salah Hardani. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good young right back who can be given the trust to play. Um, final question from Kurusha Zahid Neil. He asks... Uh, in order for Iran to score more goals, what do they have to do? Uh, for me, uh, as we said, set pieces need to be uh, the top of the criteria right now in, in training. And also um, wide play. Uh, we have to get our fullbacks going forward. We need to we need to ensure that the likes of Nurullahi and Izzatullahi are being disciplined on the ball and creating chances when it's necessary, not trying to always force the pass forward. And uh, we're getting Osmond and Tarami into good areas of the pitch, areas of the pitch where they, where they can influence the game, not areas of the pitch where they're going to be isolated and they're going to be marked by defenders. They have to be in areas where they can actually impact in channels, you know, in the 18-yard box, uh, in the six-yard box, nothing, else, nothing too much outside of that because that's not where they're useful, you know. Um, and we need to get the ball into the feet of Orizadeh, into the feet of Jan Baksh um, as much as possible. Yeah, go on. And another thing, sorry. and another thing, just to add on that, sorry, Sina, is take our chances and take it correctly. If you guys remember against Bahrain and against Iraq, I believe we should have scored two, three other more goals. I believe that the players should just take more risks in shooting. If you remember, I think Qaidi scored. I didn't. He, I don't think he, he should have scored that goal against Iraq. And uh, Mehdi Tarmi had a one-on-one against Bahrain. I think just, just take your chances and believe in yourself. And I believe we get more goals coming up. Well, thank you for your fan questions. We really do appreciate it. Um, we love we love hearing like you guys sending in those questions. So please don't, yeah, please send in more. They are they are like our favorite parts of the of the episode. So we're gonna wrap up there, guys. Thanks again, Muhammad and Arya for joining me, and of course Mario Tots and Wail Al Besre and Hassan Balal for their time. Um, don't forget we have an article before the game on our website and also we're going to do another live Twitter spaces before and after kickoff on Tuesday uh, for the Iraq game and yeah stay tuned and follow us on all social media and podcast platforms YouTube, Apple Podcast 
we are everywhere so please do stay tuned for that and yeah that's it from me my name is Mencina I've been joined by Arya and Mohamed thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gold Bazan. My name is Saida Zatoley and you're listening to the Golbezan podcast.